in search of new beginnings and opportunities a family of 5 decided to settle themselves in a new country moving from south africa to new zealand amidst the new norms and policies and a global pandemic that struck the world and basically slowed down everything the family tried their best to get used to new ways of living and new sights and people around them thought that they were doing well in adjusting but on 16th september the lives of all five family members were changed forever the family consisting of a mother father and their three kids found themselves facing a bleak future as the three children carla maya and lian were killed in their own house one night the mother who was found unconscious was receiving sympathies from everyone around her while the father was deeply affected by the terrible event the people who were offering their condolences to the parents were left dumbfounded when the mother was found guilty of the murder of her own children Thanvi and welcome to Shades of Macabre a podcast that aims to bring you some of the most horrifying and gruesome murder cases from across the world this week we are off to the port city of Timaru in New Zealand as we try to understand the case of Lauren Dickinson the accused who is currently standing trial for the killings of her three daughters on a random Thursday night in 2021 the members of the Dickinson family had moved to the country of New Zealand. The parents, who worked as orthopedic doctors, decided to join a hospital in the city of Timaru. The same hospital provided a house for the new family as they tried to settle themselves in a completely new environment. The family also consisted of their children, their beautiful daughters named Lian, who was 6 years old, and twins Maya and Carla, who were 2 years old. From an outsider's perspective, the parents and daughters seemed like a happy family. Lauren and Graham had celebrated their 15th anniversary recently, and Lauren even posted about the event on her Facebook, expressing gratitude for having Graham in her life. During their move to New Zealand, Lauren was active on Facebook. She often asked for advice about schools and furniture stores, looking for recommendations from her family. to help her decide where to go but things took a different turn on 16th september 2021 at around 10 pm the neighbors rob and jade whaley were sitting in their living room when they heard someone crying near their house as they peeked through their fence they saw someone wandering behind their house crying when they went outside they found graham dickinson sobbing and yelling in just 15 minutes the usually quiet neighborhood became busy as the police and an ambulance arrived at the dickinson's house graham now with a colleague talked to the police while the ambulance took the unconscious mother to timaru hospital by the morning of friday september 17th 
the people living in the city of Timaru learned about a triple homicide on Queen Street. According to various news articles, initially the details of the victim were not disclosed. Within a few hours, the family of Graham and Lauren, as well as the community where they lived, were shocked to hear about the deaths of their three daughters. By afternoon, the bodies of the kids were retrieved by the forensics. The police, in charge of the investigation, said they weren't searching for anyone else in the connection with the murders. When Stuff, one of the most popular newspaper media outlets in New Zealand, contacted Lauren's parents, Wendy and Malcolm Fox, they were devastated. The parents, who were in South Africa during the time of this interview, stated that they were still trying to process the news of their grandchildren's deaths, but also thanked the efforts of the New Zealand police and the staff at Timaru Hospital for their support and attention. As the heartbreaking news of the death of the young girls came out, people visited their house, leaving soft toys and flowers for them. They felt sorry for the mother who lost her children and were concerned about the father dealing with the loss and his wife being in the hospital. Everyone was curious to know what really happened that night. Why would someone rob a loving family of their happiness and engulf their lives into pain and tragedy? People wanted answers and it wasn't long before they started getting them. Less than two days after the murder, on Saturday, September 18th, an article published by The Guardian reported that the mother, Lauren, had been arrested and charged with the murder of her daughters, Tien, Maya and Carla. On the same day, she appeared in the court and was subsequently remanded to a hospital for further mental evaluation. Her relatives, the residents of Timaru and even those from Pretoria, the city in South Africa where they had lived, were taken aback by the news. It was beyond their imagination that a mother could commit such a heinous act against her own children. Maria Mandy Sibignoni, who had served as the children's nanny while the family was in South Africa, was interviewed by Stuff. Maria, who worked for the family from November 2018 to May 2020, described them as a very wonderful family with delightful kids. She couldn't recall any significant issues during her time with them. She praised Graham as a caring father who enjoyed spending time with his children, while she found Lauren to be helpful by nature. Even after the family relocated to New Zealand, Maria maintained contact with Lauren. She recounted how she had asked Lauren to provide a reference for her job search, and Lauren readily complied, helping Maria secure a new job within five days. Following Lauren's court appearance in September, Graham had departed New Zealand and returned to his family in South Africa. The tragedy had shattered his life, and he decided not to attend the court proceedings in New Zealand. Lauren made another court appearance via video link on October 5, 2021. Due to her physical and mental state, the court allowed this arrangement. Although she admitted to killing her daughters, she pleaded not guilty, citing insanity as the cause behind her actions. 
when Graham spoke to the media outlets. He expressed forgiveness towards his wife, seeing her also as a victim of this terrible tragedy. His and Lauren's lives were turned upside down when our three precious angels were ripped away from us. It is a loss that I will carry with me for the rest of my life. Unquote. During the subsequent hearing in December 2021, Lauren confessed that she was not in her right state of mind and was suffering through severe depression during the time of the murders. This defense would continue to be a focal point during her trial. By this point, it was widely known to the public that Lauren was responsible for the tragic killing of her children. She was being held in custody at a hospital and had maintained her innocence regarding the murder charges. Before the trial started, a significant amount of information related to the murders of the three girls were kept confidential. Some articles mentioned that the girls were suffocated with cable ties, but there was no definite timeline as to what really happened that day. The cause of the death of the children as well as the true state of the two parents were not publicly discussed. Lauren was kept in the Hillmorton Hospital for a proper psychiatric evaluation and she would stay there in order to get help. Given her history of depression, people felt sympathy for Lauren. But this didn't address the fundamental question as of why she would take lives of her own children. According to a report by the New Zealand Herald, it was revealed that Lauren had contemplated ending her own life as well. She had been found unconscious in the house when the police arrived. Speculation arose that her actions were driven by love. She didn't want her children to grow up without a mother and was concerned for their well-being. Graham was aware of Lauren's history with mental illness and he tried to help her as much as he could, give her space when she needed and helped her when she asked for it. As the trial date approached, people anticipated the details that would be discussed and were eager to learn about the arguments that would be put forth before the judge. And soon, the day of the trial was here. Since Monday, July 17, 2023, the trial of Lauren Dickinson has been in the limelight. Over the past six weeks, every aspect related to the night of the crime, the history of the parents and Lauren's action had been disclosed to the public and the judge. Here's what happened on 16th September 2021. The three girls, Leanne, Carla and Maya, were taken to their schools together. Carla and Maya were going to their preschool for the first time, while Leanne was looking forward to her second day in her new school. Meanwhile, Graham had left for work and Lauren was home doing chores and setting up their new furniture. After having lunch with his colleagues at work, Graham returned home and took the entire family to Timaru Gardens. The girls played on the playground while Lauren and Graham enjoyed a walk. Because he had a dinner event to attend, Graham assisted Lauren in getting the kids ready for bed. He helped them shower one by one, put on their pajamas and prepared them for sleep. Before leaving, he informed Lauren that he would be back late and would be away for at least 
two hours. The children were still awake when Graham left, causing a commotion and requesting more chicken nuggets from Lauren. When she explained that there were none left, the girls became upset and began throwing a tantrum. Twenty minutes after he left, Lauren went to their garage and retrieved a packet of cable ties. When she went to the children again, she took them to their respective bedrooms, telling them they were going to create necklaces. She took out the cable ties from the bag and wrapped it around the children's neck, tightening them slowly. Realizing that the cable ties were not working, she placed a towel over their heads and smothered them. Once she finished with this, she went to the kitchen and cut her wrists with a knife. The knife wasn't sharp enough, resulting in only a superficial cut. Recognizing that this method won't be sufficient, she decided to take whatever pills that she could find and waited for them to kick in. Around this time, Graham had finished his meeting and was on his way home. He parked his car quietly, not to disturb the children since it was late at night. He removed his shoes and entered the living room, where he saw Lauren in the kitchen. Upon first seeing her, he noticed that Lauren appeared pale and distant. When he asked her if she was all right, she didn't respond. When he asked again, she simply replied with the words, "It's too late." Graham immediately realized that something was wrong. He dashed to his kids' rooms one by one, entering Leanne's room first. He found her covered with a blanket. And it was strange since she didn't really sleep that way. He took the blanket off just to see her pale face and the cable tie wrapped around her neck. He shook her shoulders, attempting to wake her up, but nothing happened. He then quickly ran to check on his other two kids and found them in the same condition. He claimed that he doesn't really remember the sequence of things as it was a blur when it happened. He might have carried Leanne to the twins' rooms, shaking all three of them by their shoulders as he tried to wake them up. In a state of shock and confusion, he stumbled into the living room. He asked Lauren panickingly what she did, but again did not receive any reply. He grabbed a pair of scissors and went to each of the kids' rooms and cut the cable ties around their necks. He placed Leanne on the floor and desperately checked for any signs of life but couldn't detect any breathing or heartbeat. She had passed away. He noticed that Lauren had made her way towards Leanne's room and she was lying by the foot of Leanne's bed. But he never checked whether she was alive or dead and left the house. Since they were new in the country, Graham didn't know the number of the emergency services. and had to call one of his colleagues to help him and help the girls he informed his colleague that something was terribly wrong with the children and that lauren had harmed them suspecting that the kids might be dead once the colleague reached the scene he immediately called 111 by this point lauren was unconscious 
and Graham was outside the house shouting and in tears. She was taken to the Timaru hospital and once she woke up she was surprised to be alive. And then we all know what really happened next. During the court proceedings when the police presented the interviews with Lauren and Graham to the judge the prosecutor emphasized Lauren's mental health history. The couple had faced considerable challenges in conceiving a child. Lauren struggled with IVF treatments enduring 17 rounds without success. The parents had struggled for 8 years before they had Lian. But before Lian, Lauren experienced a devastating miscarriage at 22 weeks into her pregnancy, losing a child they named Sarah. Ultimately, they turned to donor eggs, which led to the birth of Lian. Before her birth, she was struggling mentally, suffering from mild depression, which would affect her inability to perform daily tasks as well. She would express her discontent, telling Graham that she no longer felt motivated to continue living. With the support of her friends and Graham, she eventually sought help and treatment for her mental health struggles. And the transformation was evident. Lauren's mood had improved after the birth of Lian, and the couple attempted to conceive once more. However, Lauren's mental health took a downturn again as she suffered with postpartum depression. By 2020, the couple had decided to relocate to New Zealand for better opportunities for them as well as their kids. However, the move to New Zealand came with its own set of challenges. The pandemic had greatly restricted their mobility and their immigration policies faced obstacles when the children fell sick due to the virus. When speaking with the police investigators, Lauren shared that the process of moving was extremely overwhelming. She had decided to stop taking medications for the first time in 12 years. as their time to move came closer new zealand had a pretty tough immigration policy and the family had to make sure they abided by all the rules so that their entire process would go as smoothly as possible lauren used to take chronic medication but it's not clear for what reason she was concerned that its consumption would negatively impact their immigration application leading her to cease taking it altogether as chronic medication might work against them during the immigration process upon their arrival in new zealand the family was subjected to a two week quarantine which felt confining and challenging lauren who was off her medication likely experienced heightened stress due to the move and the confinement with her children during their quarantine period One of the twins suffered an injury while jumping on the bed, further adding to the stressful situation for Lauren and Graham. Last night, something just triggered me, said Lauren in her police interview. She acknowledged that she had previously contemplated harming her children, explaining, quote, I have been thinking about it before I was trying to find a way to ease the pressure, unquote. Lauren often felt that her children favored their father 
and perceived the kids as a barrier in her relationship with Graham. Lauren admitted that she killed Carla first, defending herself by saying that Carla was biting, hitting and scratching her, throwing tantrums 24 hours a day, and she had no idea how to manage her kids. She admitted that once she knew the girls were dead, she tucked them into their beds with their blankets pulled over their head. She emphasized on her stress again, mentioning that she had managed to lose 10 kgs in last 3 months and was only surviving on 3 hours of sleep. Crown prosecutor Andrew McRae asserted that although Lauren was responsible for the tragic death of her children, the motive behind the killings remained uncertain. Was it the result of years of pent-up frustration or perhaps a resentment towards her children for interfering with her relationship with her husband? Even if Lauren was undergoing a significant depressive episode, she retained awareness of her actions. McRae stated she knew what she was doing before, during, and after the murders. She acted methodically, even clinically. During the trial, evidence was presented to suggest that Lauren held resentment towards her children and displayed anger when they misbehaved. In various messages exchanged with her friends, Lauren expressed intentions such as administrating an antibiotic called Augmentin to her young daughter Leanne because she was keeping Lauren awake at night. In other messages, she used derogatory language and even mentioned fearing that one day she might physically harm her child. Lauren also admitted to shouting so loudly at her children that it frightened the twins. She sought advice from her friends on managing her three kids while discussing financial and other pressures she was experiencing. And these messages kept coming with Lauren expressing how her children had extinguished her passion and happiness. She mentioned wanting to physically discipline the kids but her husband intervened. Before their move to New Zealand, while still in South Africa, Lauren had even researched drugs that could potentially be used for overdosing her children. A disturbing indication of her thoughts regarding harming them in the past. Graham, during his conversation with police investigators, denied observing anything unusual on the day of the murders. He acknowledged that his wife was quiet, but this had occurred before. In their 15 years of marriage, there were instances where Lauren would remain reserved and continue her daily routine without much of a conversation. Therefore, her demeanor didn't really raise any alarms for him. Now, so far, Lauren maintained her defense, stating that she was not mentally stable and was struggling with severe depression during the time of the murder. But now, the prosecutors were suspicious that she was in fact mentally sound and had killed her kids in a fit of rage. During her conversations with her lawyer and psychiatrist Dr. Susan Hatters Friedman, Lauren's mental state was deemed to be at high risk of self-harm and she was in the state of acute shock. Since these calls and interviews happened within 24 hours of the killings, 
Lauren wasn't able to grasp this entire situation. She spoke to the psychiatrist, telling them about the schedule of the kids and Graham going to work on Monday, but did not mention the things that happened to her kids. She was still talking about her kids in the present tense. During a subsequent interview with the psychiatrist, she mentioned the feeling of frustration and the thoughts of harming her children. She referred to the murders as a packaged deal, explaining that she didn't want to be left behind but also didn't want her children to be left behind. She mentioned that killing the girls would have provided a happy ending for everyone. Yet she also criticized the decision to move to New Zealand as a poor choice. Forensic psychiatrist Gazi Metoi, who was involved in the trial, indicated that Lauren was fully aware of her actions, purposeful and deliberate. However, he argued that she might not have recognized that her actions were morally wrong according to the commonly accepted standards. Metoi proposed that Lauren's postpartum depression following childbirth had disturbed her mental balance and her defense could potentially be based on insanity. He stated, quote, I consider that the balance of Mrs. Dickinson's mind at the time was disturbed by her postpartum depression. She meets the medical and legal threshold for infanticide, unquote. As of the recording of this episode, both prosecutors have presented their respective arguments, delving into the murder details and the mother's mental state, which could significantly impact the final verdict. There are mixed opinions for this case, to be honest. At one point, I see a mother who was going through a really tough time and could not handle everything that was happening around her all at the same time. She was in an unfamiliar location and was trying her best to adjust in a new country while taking care of her professional and personal life. Given her past with mental illness, it must be difficult for her to handle everything. And I do believe that she wasn't alone. Graham helped her whenever he could and even urged her to get medical help so that she would feel better. But do I think she would be let off easy? Not really. She should receive a harsh punishment for killing her three kids, knowing that this wasn't the first time she wanted to harm them. She should get help, sure. But don't forget that her kids were so small that they could not even defend themselves, even if they knew that their mother was harming them. They were completely innocent, who just wanted to make jewelry with their mother. Did the insecurity of losing her partner made her feel miserable? Or her tired mind, sleepless nights, and no break from the world made things unbearable for her? Maybe only she can answer these questions. The case is currently under trial, and more details about it will be coming forward. But everyone wants to know the punishment that she will receive. Will the judge convict her for the murder of the three kids and rule her case, neglecting her defense of insanity? I will be posting all the information in an update episode for the same case. Till then, I only hope that the justice of these three children is rightfully served.
if you want to look at the images related to this case, check out our Instagram and Facebook at Shades of Macabre. You can find our social media handles in the episode description. We will be back next week with another horrifying murder case. Till then, take care and be safe.